Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. the hell Tommy has, but he's got a big smile on his face. He's carrying a big old spool of cords or something. I don't even know. These guys are amazing. The things that Tommy and Reese know that I will never learn are infinite. <laughs> I couldn't even turn the radio machine on without him. This Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Thanks so much for Kicking it with us on a Tuesday. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. Great conversation with Rick Halmus from the Montana Football Hall of Fame. He's the chairman of the board. He's also involved in the Big Huddle nonprofit organization, which is the organization uh, that's striving to bring football back to what was Eastern Montana College when they previously had football and now Montana State Billings. And uh, it is an interesting and worthwhile pursuit um, because I do think that it could help uh, with their enrollment issues as well as I think they could be a talented football team. What sort of influence would that have though on the rest of the state of Montana's football programs? I'm not sure. I think it would have a little bit of one uh, to be sure. Sam Lekalot, who was the two-time Wyoming Gatorade Player of the Year, he's headed to Montana State on a basketball scholarship. He also joined us as did Duncan Hamilton. Duncan Hamilton, a Big Sky Conference champion and an NCAA West Regional Standout, who is on his way to Eugene, Oregon for the NCAA National Track and Field Championships. 
He joined us here as well. If you missed anything in that first hour, you can always find it on the podcast. The podcast is available on all your podcast hosting platforms. Just type in N-U-A-N-E-Z. That's N-U-A-N-E-Z. All guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. And uh, that podcast is uh, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. Time now for a little NBA. I was uh, sort of the interview conductor yesterday when Brooks Nuanez from SkylineSportsMT.com swung by to join us for uh, an NBA breakdown. Uh, But I have some thoughts on the NBA as well. So we're going to go through each and every one of those. The breaking news in the NBA today is uh, twofold. One's big, one is uh, more impactful to the actual series, but one's the big news in terms of uh, the actual exposure it's going to garner for this guy and his team. Nikola Jokic, the NBA's MVP. He was uh, transcendent this year. 26.5 points, 8.5 assists, and a career-high 10.8 rebounds. He helped the Denver Nuggets earn the number three seed in the NBA playoffs. They took one on the chin last night against the Phoenix Suns, but Denver's still a contender, certainly in the West. So Jokic, that's the right, the uh, that is the right choice for NBA MVP. The other, probably actually more consequential in terms of the actual games that will play out. Piece of news includes uh, Jazz point guard Mike Conley. He's rolled out for Game One tonight against the Clippers. So uh, Conley has been an underrated player in the NBA for quite some time, and he's definitely a solid uh, member of the Utah Jazz, the top-seeded Utah Jazz. They take on the Los Angeles Clippers at 8 p.m. tonight. That game is in Salt Lake City. You can watch it on TNT. Philadelphia and Atlanta, they also play tonight. Tip is at 5.30 p.m. Jokic was definitely the, the vote for MVP. I think that I am always ranting and raving about Roster construction, the art of the beautiful game or lack thereof, ball movement or lack thereof, the variety of ways that you can get it done offensively in the NBA. I am not a fan of the the hyper-isolation, high-usage, give-this-guy-the-ball-and-get-it-out-of-the-way style like James Harden plays, Kyrie Irving plays, Russell Westbrook plays. I'm just not into it. I, I, I think that... Basketball, particularly at the professional level, it can be, it truly is. It's the beautiful game. It is the beautiful game right alongside football, right alongside soccer. But uh, when it's orchestrated properly, I think the Golden State Warriors are the most recent example of, of a team that have done it phenomenally well before they got Kevin Durant. When the ball moves crisply and everybody's unselfish and uh, you can play on and off the ball, it, it makes for an incredibly appealing style of basketball. And so that's why I worry about the influence that some of these guys have because James Harden is a phenomenal individual player. He's one of the great scorers in the history of the NBA. His numbers back that up. Russell Westbrook is certainly one of the most high-motor players. His effort is peerless. Uh, That in itself is fun to watch, but he also is such a high-usage player that he's become doomed when it comes to crunch time and when it becomes uh, big games because he just really can't adjust that into playing with pace or closing out a game and he's so sporadic and chaotic that I think that it's uh, it's detrimental to the game at, at large and I think that's why those guys struggle to win at the highest level they can get you to the brink but they can't get you over the top that's why a guy like Jokic is so good for the game 
It's hard to say he doesn't have athletic gifts because the guy is seven feet tall and 285 pounds. So he is a massive human. And he also, uh, he moves with more grace, even though he's not necessarily quick. He's actually in no way quick or fast. But his footwork is underrated. His spatial awareness is phenomenal. And he gets to whatever spot he wants, even if he's not beating you there with speed. And I think that that's good for the game because it shows you that you don't have to be able to jump out of the gym. You don't have to be able to bowl people over. He takes it to Joel Embiid when they play against each other, even though Embiid is, by our American measure of athleticism, significantly more athletic. And so I think that it's good for guys like Jokic and Luka Doncic to be in the NBA right now. Steph Curry was sort of on the forefront of this where it's not necessarily big, fast, and strong. Steve Nash was also a part of this crew where if you have an, a high basketball IQ, you know where to get to your own spots, you play with great pace. Chris Paul fits this mold as well. That's the appealing style to me. That's what I like. And I think that's better for the future of the game because I think that the, the NBA has a huge influence on every level of basketball. It influences the way kids play. It influences the moves they make down at the park. I was talking to one of my buddies who's a ref, and he was saying the proliferation of of hot dog-type moves, so to speak, moves that at any level besides the NBA are a travel, and I'm not going down that road. I'm not saying NBA players travel all over the place, but the whistle's different in the NBA, especially if you're a superstar. So I think that Trying to emulate your game when you're a high school kid or even a college kid after James Harden is not nearly as savory and it's also not nearly as realistic as trying to be somebody like Chris Paul or trying to be somebody like Luka Doncic. I think watching those guys is very important for um, young players to learn how to play the game in what my opinion would be right. I'm not here to, to define what is the right way to play basketball, but I think it's the most aesthetically pleasing I think it's the most realistic way to become an elite player if you don't have elite athletic gifts. So I'm glad that Nikola Jokic was the NBA MVP because I think that that is certainly good for the state of affairs uh, across the, the basketball world. In the world of basketball, it's it's definitely a good thing. Let's go some quick-hitting thoughts uh, down the, uh, the docket here for the NBA. Last night, the Phoenix Suns, They definitely took it to the Denver Nuggets. It was uh, an impressive performance to watch. The Suns are just so tough, Uh, and I think that that comes from Chris Paul. I hadn't watched. The Suns were only on national TV four times this year, which, by the way, is one of my pet peeves. The NBA has to realize that they have a truly global game, but the market size, it doesn't really matter in the NBA anymore. National games, you don't need to just show the teams from New York and L.A. and Chicago and Houston. By the way, Phoenix is one of the five biggest cities in America anyways. I know that they don't have basketball crazy, NBA crazy fans on the level of you know a, a Philadelphia or an L.A. or a New York, but the Suns are a fun team, and, and Phoenix is definitely a big market. And so uh, I know that they have had uh, a long drought of being not very good ever since the Steve Nash Sons could not quite get over the top, but they have a great team. I love watching them play. I think Chris Paul remains peerless in his ability to control the game and control the tempo on both sides of the court. He's still one of the best fourth quarter scorers in the league. His ability to hit that pull up jump shot is just so good. He knows how to strike 
when it's most needed. He knows how to engender confidence within his team. He knows how to fight, and his ability to show that fight also rubs off on his teammates. And so you see guys across this roster completely playing above their heads. 102, excuse me, 122 to 105 last night was the final score of the Phoenix Suns against the Denver Nuggets. And when you look at the plus-minus, which I sometimes buy into a little bit more, sometimes a little less, but this was a dominant performance by the Suns across the board. They outscored the Nuggets handily in the second half. They won the second half uh, 65-47, to including one in the fourth quarter, 34-26. And the plus-minuses across the board, Jay Crowder, plus 12. Mikael Bridges, plus 12. DeAndre Ayton, plus 13. Chris Paul, plus 13. Devin Booker, who, by the way, is one of the most exciting and underrated young players in the league, plus 12. And then you have guys coming off the bench. Dario Saric, plus 5. Cameron Payne, plus 10. We have hardly anybody in the negative. So this was an awesome and comprehensive team effort. The Suns were efficient across the board. They shot 54% from the floor. Uh, They dished out an unbelievable 30 assists including 11 by CP3 and another 8 by Devin Booker. So I was a little bit skeptical of what I thought of the Suns' prospects as the two-seed to win the West, but they have the weapons, man. They, they are definitely good. I don't really know how they're going to match up with um, the Clippers if they get to that point, but the Jazz might do the Clippers some favors. And I think the Phoenix is the favorite against the Nuggets and the Jazz, to be certain. And so we'll see how Phoenix continues to march through this playoffs, but it was certainly a statement win in game one for the Phoenix Suns last night. You listen to Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, or maybe watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We're talking all things NBA. I think it's fun that there's some teams that haven't been under the microscope that are left in this final eight. I also think it's fun that you have some rising stars that have an opportunity to display themselves on a, a broader and grander stage than maybe in the past. I mean, the Utah Jazz with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, they're a team that don't get a lot of national exposure, but I think that they are an excellent team. I love uh, the roster construction they have there. I think Quinn Snyder's a hell of a coach, and so I'm glad that Utah has an opportunity to get on the biggest stage. The Suns, of course, the Nuggets, even though they don't have Jamal Murray, which is truly unfortunate. I actually think in this remaining playoff field, if they had Jamal Murray, they w- would be the rema- the uh, the favorite remaining in this thing. Philadelphia and uh, Los Angeles are the two of the little bit more, quote-unquote, proven commodities left in the field. But I think that those two teams have such an element of intrigue in terms of the narrative of what happens if they don't win it all this year or don't win their respective conference this year. What happens to those teams? What happens to those rosters? We'll get to that in a minute. But I think Atlanta is a really fun team. The Hawks are great, and they show that in game one by beating the 76ers. And then it's a great series and maybe the most pivotal series between the Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets, except for last night, Another statement by the Nets. My goodness, they just ran the Bucks straight out of the gym. At one point, they were up 30. They ended up winning this thing by nearly 40. And so an unbelievable effort by the Brooklyn Nets in a 125-86 to victory over the Bucks. And is it time for the Bucks to panic? Well, they're going to have to get something going uh, to turn this thing because they've gotten drilled in the first two games. It's not a position that you want to be in. Granted, they were both in, uh, excuse me, no, they were both in Milwaukee, so that's also a, a detriment to the Bucks as well. But this walled-off defense that teams are playing against the Bucks, it makes it so the Bucks just look 
clunky offensively, and it makes it so their efficiency is just terrible. Last night, the plus minuses, Chris Middleson was minus 30. Drew Holiday, minus 27. Giannis Antetokounmpo, minus 22. So it's been a great effort by the Nets to take the ball out of Giannis's hands. He had 18 points, 11 rebounds last night, but those are nowhere close to the numbers that the Bucks need for him to put up. So um, they got the Bucks flustered, the Nets do, and we'll see if they can carry that momentum, but it has not been good thus far uh, for Milwaukee, and it's been nothing but good last night for the Nets. By the way, Kevin Durant led it away for the Brooklyn Nets last night with 32 points. Kyrie Irving chipped in 22 points. Um, and James Harden did not play. So you wonder if that has an influence as well. That's been sort of the mystery of the Nets is that there's a lot of skepticism over how the three big stars on that team, the superstars, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden might fit together because they all are isolation scorers. They need the ball in their hands. Well, I can't say that they've proved the notion or the skepticism wrong because they have not really been in the lineup that often together, and that was again the case last night, but the Brooklyn Nets, ridiculously efficient last night. Shot 52% from the floor. They were 21 of 42 from three. That's amazing to shoot 50% and hit 21 threes. 27 assists on 49 made baskets, so uh, they were sharing it, they were moving it, and uh, they just looked dang good last night in their uh, nearly 40-point win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Nuan is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. The uh, the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks, they will continue their series tomorrow. The other game tonight, uh, Philly, Philly and Atlanta play game two tonight, so that's fun. Um, and it's a big game for Atlanta to try to respond because Atlanta, they did knock off Philly in game one. And so the Sixers, they don't want to have their backs against the wall. Joel Embiid, he has been uh, nursing a little bit of a sore knee. And uh, if he's not back healthy, it could be big-time advantage Hawks. But even if he is back healthy, the way that Trey Young and company run the pick-and-roll, the athleticism that Atlanta has in the front court, all those things could give Embiid a lot of problems as well. So uh, there is a variety of issues here for the 76ers, even though they are the top seed. Uh, but they're a six-point favorite tonight. And I, I think this is – I'm not going to call it a must-win, but it is absolutely a pivotal game. Uh, for the 76ers. And then, of course, the other game, like I mentioned, Utah Jazz. They are hosting the Los Angeles Clippers. That's 8 p.m. tip, 5.30 p.m. tip, by the way, for the Hawks at the 76ers. But Clippers-Jazz, uh, this is game one, so it's a tone setter. How the Jazz look without Mike Conley? How the Clippers look coming off of the only seven-game series of the first round of the playoffs? And uh, I, that's the most uh, intriguing part of that series to me is the off-the-court narrative. When the Clippers were down 2 to nothing to the Dallas Mavericks, the narrative already started shifting toward what do the Clippers do if they don't win the championship? It looks like the Clippers' backs are against the wall. If you remember correctly, to assemble the current roster that the Los Angeles Clippers have, they had to basically sell the farm. They had to basically trade each and every draft pick that they ever had in their history to get to the point where they had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And last year when they flamed out in the conference semifinals, it basically made this year into one of almost uh, unparalleled paramount importance. 
they can't keep this roster together if they don't win it this year. And even if they do, they still might not be able to. And I didn't see much besides when Ka- Kawhi Leonard took over in Game 6 and Game 7 that indicates the Clippers are much of a championship contender at all. That said, I don't think you can really go out losing to the Utah Jazz, which is a young and up-and-coming team, but a team that uh, on paper, even though they are the one seed and the Clippers are the four seed, I don't think that the Jazz on paper would, would have been the favorites in this series coming into it until the way that the last series for the Clippers played out. So to me, that's the number one narrative around this series is does the narrative of Kawhi Leonard potentially leaving afflict or affect the way the Clippers go about managing this series? It'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch this all play out. I asked my brother the other day, what does Atlanta do, or excuse me, what does Philadelphia do uh, if they don't advance past the conference semifinals on this? And I don't know. I think they'll have some real decisions to make. So I think that's a narrative for both the uh, Philadelphia 76ers as well as the Los Angeles Clippers as the NBA conference semifinals play out. A couple more thoughts for you on some of the superstars that are not in the NBA playoffs right now. I think that's a testament to the strength of the league. By the way, listen to Nuanez now on the 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana television. Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, he just walked in. So we'll get to him here in just a couple minutes. He'll give us an update on one of the hottest teams in all of minor league baseball, and particularly the hottest team right now in the Pioneer League North. The Missoula Paddleheads are just ripping the cover off the ball, and uh, they're off to a great start so far on their young season. By the way, we will have tickets for you on Nuanas now to pretty much every Paddleheads game, and we'll also have every broadcast home and away, so keep it here no matter what if you're interested in baseball in the evenings on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. But we'll get to Jeff here in just a quick minute. A couple thoughts on some of the superstars that are no longer in the playoffs, and I think that's a testament to the league, the fact that you do have Trey Young and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Donovan Mitchell and Chris Paul and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving and all these guys. So the ratings of the NBA playoffs are up. And that's without LeBron James in the playoffs, without LeBron James being on a playoff run for the first time in more than a decade. And that's without Damian Lillard, one of the most popular and uh, one of the most well-renowned superstars in the league. He's also not in the playoffs. So... What's next for those two guys? I don't know. There's been a lot of speculation that Dame needs to get out of New York. I don't really know. Excuse me, he needs to get out of Portland 40 and slip there because there's a lot of speculation that maybe he's going to go to New York. Well, it's easy to forget that he signed with the Supermax deal before last season with the Portland Trailblazers. So he is right now the highest paid player in the National Basketball Association. A big market team would have to take a big risk in terms of paying the luxury tax if they wanted to take on that contract. It's not impossible, and I think that there will be some teams that maybe do throw their name in the hat if he is, in fact, being shopped around. But I think that the Blazers, they just need to find not better players, different players to put around Damian Lillard. They need guys that can protect the rim. If they could get a guy like Rudy Gobert, instant championship contender. If they could get a guy that was like a 3 and D guy on the wing, or a guy who was an athletic slasher who could guard on the ball, that would change it as well. I think C.J. McCollum's a nice player. I just don't know how well he compliments Dame Dollar, and I think that Damian Lillard is among, if not the best, clutch shot makers in the history of the NBA. I'll say it. I think he's among the best late-game three-point shooters in the history of the NBA. And so to have his talent and to have him signed and committed to Portland for the foreseeable future... The Blazers have to make a move. 
The ownership has to make a move. It's one of the richest ownership groups in all professional sports. So they certainly have the money. They certainly have the ability to pay the luxury tax. They just need to go get Damian Lillard some help. And anybody from a guy like Clint Capella to a guy like Rudy Gobert, which I don't know if that's in the cards, but I think that you know that those are the sort of guys that I'm thinking of as a prime example. I've also heard uh, Devontis Sabonis as a potential answer. He doesn't have much defensive ability, but he also is a great facilitator. He's almost a poor man's Nikola Jokic, so maybe they make a run at him because Arvidas Sabonis, his father, was a phenomenal player and a fan favorite in Portland. So we'll see a lot of big decisions to be made for the Portland Trailblazers. As far as LeBron James and Los Angeles Lakers, they just got to revamp that roster. LeBron James is better off playing with guys that he trusts, that he knows, understands what an NBA playoff grind might be like. The worst-case scenario for LeBron is what you saw down the stretch in that last series. When he has lost faith in his teammates, when he has no trust in them to be able to close out games or even rotate properly defensively or they're not in the right spots or they can't hit clutch threes in the corner when he dimes them up with perfect passes, all that stuff is the fastest way to... um, to make LeBron James disengaged. And people can hate on him for giving it up, but you could see once Anthony Davis was out, LeBron James knew Anthony Davis was more hurt than people were letting on. I think he was also more hurt than he was letting on. I think he knew early on in that series, uh, that first-round series against the Phoenix Suns, that he just needed to shut it down because there was no point wasting the energy uh, in this year's playoffs. The Lakers just weren't going to make a run without their two main cogs. And with coming off of a championship season in which they only had 61 days of rest before the bubble, it was not an ideal situation in L.A. this year. And with Anthony Davis out, there was really nothing much more LeBron James could have done. And so I think that he's always going to be the most scrutinized player in the NBA. But I think you need to lay off the guy because I do think that he has uh, perhaps the best ability to manage his own personal resources, so to speak, of anybody in the National Basketball Association. We'll be talking NBA almost every day for the rest of the NBA playoffs, so uh, be sure to tune in for that. But right now, we transition out of professional basketball and into professional baseball. Jeff Safford from the Missoula Paddleheads will join us right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. You're listening to Juanez now. Keep it right here. Jeff Safford, Missoula Paddleheads. Next. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio. Blue skies smiling at me. Nothing but blue skies do I see. Blue birds singing a song. Nothing but blue skies from now on. We still have blue skies here in western Montana. I hear there's a storm coming, though, but that's okay. We need the rain. We don't want to be burning down. That's the only bad part about living in this great state of Montana is the fire season. But other than that, 
Can't think of a better place to live. And the return of minor league baseball in the city of Missoula is definitely a welcome one when it comes to improving the quality of life here in Montana. Welcome back in. It's Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Thanks so much for spending some time with us on your Tuesday. You want to go play golf at the Coraline Resort and stay at the five-star hotel? Well, all you got to do is send us evidence of you listening to this show. It doesn't matter if you're listening live. doesn't matter if you're on your radio, your TV. No matter where you're listening to it, the podcast, all of it works. To send us evidence of you listening to this show, 406-888-1029. And we will pick one lucky winner on Friday. We have two 18-hole rounds of golf, as well as a night at the Coeur d'Alene Resort for you and one lucky guest of yours. So keep those entries coming. We'll give those away on Friday. It's part of our Stay and Play giveaway that we do each and every year as part of our Father's Day promotion and our great partnership with the Coeur d'Alene Resort. I played there this weekend. It was an awesome time. We're going to give you a more full recap of that tomorrow. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television, he will not be able to join us live because he's on dad duty. His uh, older son graduated, I guess they would say, from kindergarten today. So uh, no more free child care, as it were. So he, uh, he's on dad duty tomorrow, but we will recap the, uh, the our trip to the Coral Lane Resort and to give you all the ins and outs of what was the windiest round of golf <laughs> that I've ever played. It was quite frustrating because I did not play well, but that's okay. We still had a hell of a time over there in CDA, and we'll give you the full breakdown of that tomorrow as well as continue to take entries for that great giveaway. Time now, though, for some baseball talk. Very easy to figure out the Missoula Paddleheads and all the Pioneer League schedules this year. If it's a Tuesday, they're not playing, and that means our good buddy Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, will be on this show. And uh, if it is not a Tuesday, that means Jeff is sitting in a baseball stadium somewhere in the world, whether it's in Missoula or all around uh, the West in all the various Pioneer League towns. Jeff, what's up, man? How you how you doing? Doing pretty well, and... Uh Got to feel good about how the Paddleheads are playing. Just wrapped up a six-game set against the Boise Hawks, and it was six wins, one three on three to begin things at Memorial Stadium, and just wrapped up a series at Allegiance Field at Oregon Park. A couple of close games for some of the fans in Missoula as well over the last couple of days. So some good baseball, and got to love it. What do you think of that element? Because the schedule is... Interesting. Sometimes you're playing a a six-game set before your off day against two different squads, but there's been several times already, like you just mentioned recently against Boise, where you're playing the same team six times in a row, even if it is a home and away. So what do you think of just the element of playing the same team six times? It seems like these the the teams have an an opportunity to really get to know each other pretty darn well by game five and six. Oh, they absolutely do. And um, there is definitely a good example of that on the last road trip that – that the Paddleheads were on when they faced the Idaho Falls Chuckers. They were able to win the first two games, and then on Memorial Day Monday, they came out, and the Chuckers just, they had them scouted. I mean, it was clear. Mm-hmm. They came out there and scored 22 runs. They knew what was coming, and it was clear that day that that they knew what the Paddleheads were going to do and what their you know, what the pitchers were going to throw. And that's, I think, what you're going to see in those six-game spots is you're, especially if you get in a spot where Andrew Bash was last night. Bash, the starting pitcher for Missoula, pitched pretty well, but he also pitched twice in a two-game stretch against the same opponent. So when you get that going on, that's a unique situation. And you talk about two, three times through the lineup in a game. Well, that's 
you get six looks at a starting pitcher. That's quite a few. Matt Ellis, Vice President of the Missoula Paddleheads, he joined us yesterday. We were talking a little bit about this dynamic as well. There's been some uh, really high run totals in the league this year. I think there's several factors. I think it is because a lot of times you can scout the pitching staffs pretty extensively when you do have a six-game series. But I also think there's an element of the pitchers being a little bit more behind the hitters right now as well. Obviously, there was no minor league baseball pretty much across the country last year. And so I do think that it's probably a little bit easier to go hit in the cage or hit off a tee than it is to pitch in a live game. And you can get some bullpen in or whatever. It's not the same as hitting a live hitter. So, I mean, how much of a factor do you think that is to some of these double-digit run tolls we're seeing across the league? Oh, it's definitely a factor. And there's several pitchers on the staff of the Paddleheads that have been working out a lot of things. Um, in a pregame interview I had with Michael Schlack, the manager of the Paddleheads, he was talking about Andy Tolkien, the opening day starter for Missoula, how he's been working a lot with them. They've been working in bullpen sessions, doing all this extra work, and it's clearly about just trying to get his feel back. Because Tolkien is an experienced guy. He pitched well in the Midwest League. That's high A ball. And, you know, he's a guy that was expected to be a top-of-the-order starting pitcher. And he's done well. He's 2-0. and But I'm sure that ERA, where it's at right now, not where he wants it. Jeff Safford from the Missoula Paddleheads joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. You mentioned the game where the Paddleheads dropped one to the Idaho Falls Chuckers, gave up 22 runs, but they rebounded in a big way. You mentioned a six-game winning streak against the Boise Hawks, and here all of a sudden the Paddleheads are 13-2. and They're already got a four-game lead in this season. If you hadn't heard, it's going to be a 92-game season this year, so 14 extra games than what we're normally used to around here following Pioneer League Baseball. Um, but that's the second-best record in the Pioneer League all the way around. The Ogden Raptors sit there at 14-1 and in the Southern Division, but the Battleheads a four-game lead in the North. So um, what are the elements that have gotten into this? Um, I, I think that, first and foremost, I think they just did a really good job constructing their roster. I, mean, I think they're just pretty darn talented, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the team that the Paddleheads have, looking at the roster, does look a lot different than some of the other teams that are in the Pioneer League. I'll use another team in the Northern Division, the Great Falls Voyagers, and as an example, if you look at the roster, they don't have many players that have affiliated experience. Where you look at Missoula, it's loaded with affiliated experience. Whether it's you know Tristan Carranza and Zach Allman, two returners from the Osprey, or Clay Fisher or Brandon Riley, those are Jackson Sigmund. Those are all players that Andy Tolkien, all guys that have previous affiliated experience and just our professional guys that know how to play. And it's not a, anything bad that what Great Falls has done. They've just been going after guys that are lesser experienced coming out of college and gone more that route. And we've seen them win some more ball games now over their last three or four. They started 0-9, but they've, I believe, won three of their last four games. So starting to figure things out. And I think that's what we're going to see from some of these teams as well that are young. They may struggle a little bit in this first part of the season, but as things roll along, they'll start to improve and play better baseball. The Paddleheads on the road for three and against the Billings Mustangs and then back home against the same Mustangs team over the weekend. Uh, 
We always have tickets for you, the Missoula Paddleheads, but I'm sorry. They were a hot item this week, so we already gave them away. We had winners to uh, for all three of our four packs of tickets for this upcoming weekend's game, so congratulations to all of those winners. But keep tuning in to Nuanas now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. And if you can't make it down to the game, you can always keep it right here as well. Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, will have the call for almost every single home and away game uh, this entire summer, and we will have all the action here on um ESPN Missoula. You haven't seen the Mustangs yet, right? Is that right? No, we have not seen the Mustangs yet. No. Nope. So, do you have any initial scout on this team? Because this is an interesting one because the Pioneer League has evolved quite a bit in recent years um, with some realignment, some teams that moved locations, some teams that dropped out of the Pioneer League. But for the last 20 plus years, Missoula and Billings have been two of the stalwarts and they always play each other a bunch and this is sort of a rivalry. So I'm sure that the people that have been around the Paddleheads organization for quite some time, they're they're eager to go get it done in Billings and then to have the Mustangs come back to Missoula as well. But any initial scout or thoughts uh, on this upcoming six-game set between two of the Pioneer League's um, oldest rivals? Well, the rivalry aspect of it is interesting considering the realignments of the league, but it is clear just being around the front office of the Paddleheads, guys that were around during the Osprey years also, that, that yeah, that there is this rivalry with this Billings club still, that, that they want to beat the Billings Mustangs, that that's an important thing for them. So I think it will be interesting to see how this plays out over a six-game stretch. You, again, you get six games against an opponent that maybe you're not too excited about seeing. Are we going to see a little bit of drama on the field? Are we going to see, you know, some back-and-forth stuff going on? It's baseball. It, it happens. You know, benches clearing, that type of stuff. It's not like you're rooting for it, but if you're playing an opponent that you don't like six times, the chances are relatively high, I would think. And I think that that's one of the most intriguing parts of this upcoming series. Jeff Safford from uh, the Voice of the Missoula Paddleheads is joining us here on Nuanas Now. The Paddleheads in Billings Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then back home in Missoula against those same Billings Mustangs Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We've already given away all our tickets, but still plenty of tickets available. If you haven't got a chance to go check out this team, you should. I promise you. I've been to three games now. They're very, very fun to watch. It's an incredibly well-constructed roster, and I think they've done a good job of managing this transition into independent ball. So Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, the Paddleheads back home uh, here in Missoula. Last thing for you then, Jeff, what's been the, the, the most fun part for you about this this uh, opening of the season with the, uh, the Paddleheads winning 13 out of their first 15? Well, just I think just being around a fun group of guys and a great organization in the Paddleheads. I think that's been the most rewarding thing for me. Um, I've been welcomed by the organization with open arms. Everyone's been fantastic with me, and uh, and just the players in general. They're they're easy to root for. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of great guys in their clubhouse that work hard. They're professionals every day. You know, they take good approaches, whether it be hitting or pitching, and. It's just a fun group to be around. It's a new experience going on the road as well in Idaho and Idaho Falls and Boise. I'd never traveled with a minor league team like that, so it was kind of fun to see the the grind of the road and and you see some fun things like you know playing games on the bus. They had this crazy game going on with they called it the Mafia, where it's like one guy is okay. was one guy is or a couple of guys are chosen to be like part of the Mafia. You know, put your head down. Then it's like a a whodunit type of deal, you know? <laughs> so it was, I mean, this game went on on the bus for like three hours. I mean, it was crazy to watch. The guys were 
getting into it big time. So that was kind of a fun thing to be a part of and, and just being around just a great team. Do yourself a favor. Go check out the Paddleheads. Go check out any Pioneer League game. If you're watching around the state of Montana, go check out the Paddleheads in Billings. If you're watching in Billings on SWX Montana TV, these two teams are both uh, solid and uh, should be a fun one with some rivalry elements. If you want to go to games in Missoula, you can find tickets and information at gopaddleheads.com or you can go downtown, visit the MSO Hub. That's located at 140 North Higgins Avenue. Or give them a call, 406-543-3300. That's 543-3300. And be sure to always keep it here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, will be on the call for you throughout the entire season. And we will have each and every game here live on ESPN Missoula as well. Jeff, thanks so much for swinging by, man. We'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good. A decommit from the Lady Grizz and a couple sort of recommits to the Bobcat basketball team on the men's side. All that and more here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio. A cup of coffee with the first sunlight. At a last chance, takes a cold. I'm thumbing through a worn out road path. Trying to decide which way to go. Do I have this right? This is one of the greatest country artists of all time. I don't care what you say. Who, who is it? It's Tracy Lawrence? Tracy like Lawrence, I, man. I know. Of course. He is. Are you kidding me? The epitome of the goofiest looking dude. The goofiest looking. With the greatest music. I just want to know, how old are you when someone realizes, man, you have the perfect country voice. So there's only a few guys that have ever been like that. Tracy Lawrence. Clay Walker, like the guy that has the nat- I mean, even George Strait had to teach himself to sing like a yeah. cowboy a little bit. Yeah, sure. The guy sure. that has this the nat- Toby Keith had to teach himself how to sing like a cowboy a little sure. bit too. But like Vince Gill, Tracy Lawrence, and Clay Walker, like those guys just money. Yeah. At what age do you realize, like, man, I have to move to Nashville because I just I sound perfect for country radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, Coulter. Have you heard Coulter Wall? Love Coulter Wall. Yeah, same. He's another one of those guys. He's a modern one that's just got the perfect voice for country music. Greatest voice in country music history. Who is it? Um, Do you think it's Tracy Lawrence? Uh, I think it's Tracy Lawrence right upside. Uh, what's Garth, the Garth Brooks dude? is pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah, Garth is good. I don't know. I guess I'm sort of leaning on like whose songs I like more. And, uh, you know, well, Tracy Lawrence wins for me. Another one that has the perfect cowboy voice. Yeah. Clint Black. 
I don't know Clint Black. Oh, man. You need some Clint Black in your life, All man. Right. When I was a little kid in uh, Ely, Nevada, Ely. I, I used to rock my cowboy boots, my tank top, and my shorts, and my cowboy hat. And I love me some Clint Black, man. Killing Time. You need that whole album in your life. One of the best country albums of all time. Probably Randy Travis has the best country Ooh, voice. Randy Travis is a good one, too. Vince Gill's hard to beat, man, but he's so hard to pigeonhole into just country, too, though, because he was country as a solo artist, but he was also in Pure Prairie League, so he's was sort of like Southern folk. He's done a lot of folksy music. Yeah. Uh, he's he, He's got the voice of an angel as well. Now, what it, about Kid Rock's country voice? See, Kid Rock actually has a great country voice. <laughs> I Kid, don't disagree with Kid, you, man. Kid, Kid Rock, like, he did the whole metal thing to break into the mainstream, but... Damn, like when he does the slow songs, I he mean, pulls it off. He pulls it off phenomenally. I mean, he goes toe to toe with Cheryl Crow. If you can sing toe to toe with Cheryl Crow, you're doing it right. It's Nuanas now, <laughs> 1029 ESPN Missoula. We're putting that on the Statewide quote board. Statewide television, SWX Montana <laughs> TV. We're talking all things country music around here. I bet you didn't know. I, I professed my love for uh, all my hard rock bands and all my hip hop artists, and Regime and I are always talking funk music on Fridays. Big country guy, too, man. My old man was a cowboy, so we were listening to country music on all our road trips all the time. My mother loves the country music as well. She's, in fact, actually uh, texting me her list of the best country voices of all time. So well, mom- you tell your mom to send that list to me, and that's the we're going to take over the show with bumper music from your mom. Uh, she says, Clint Black, Vince Gill, Johnny Cash, Toby Keith. Yeah. But the best is the Okie from Muskogee, Merle Haggard. Oh, yeah, of gotta course. Lo- gotta love it. How could we leave out old Merle? Next time Kyle samples on, we got to play him some some old school country too because you never think it with his, you know, his flat billed hats and his 49ers jerseys and all this stuff. But in reality, that guy likes him some Conway Twitty and some uh, Waylon Jennings and some outlaw country as well. Basically, thing in the show, we didn't just talk about famous country music artists. In fact, we had a phenomenal show. Thanks so much for everybody for swinging by. Love these guest-heavy shows where we can talk a variety of sports. We heard from Rick Halmus from the Montana Football Hall of Fame. He's the chairman of the board. And we have our Montana Football Hall of Fame banquet coming up here June 26th at the Billings Convention Center in Billings, Montana. It'll be a star-studded class headlined by great inductees like Brent Musburger and Travis Lule, Marty Morningweg. Bob Beers, Steve Okanowski, Kevin Amato, and a whole bunch of other outstanding inductees as well. Shane Collins will be headlining the class as well. So if you want to come, do it. $100 for a ticket, $800 for a table. Tonight to remember, I promise, it's my favorite event of the year. And I go to a lot of events. So definitely one that uh, emphasizes the history element of things. You hear some great stories and you have a good time. We also hear from Sam Lickalot. He's the two-time Wyoming Gatorade Player of the Year. And he's a future Montana State Bobcat. And I think they got a good one. Seems like a pretty darn good fit. He said he's been dreaming his whole life of going to Trout U in Bozeman. And uh, I think that's going to keep him pretty darn satisfied. We also from Duncan Hamilton. He's a steeplechase runner, a distance runner at Montana State. He's a native of Bozeman, Montana. He is at the Mecca. He is in Eugene, Oregon. He competes tomorrow at 6.32 p.m in the men's 3,000-meter steeplechase. So we'll give you an update on Thursday's show of how Duncan Hamilton does. Also talked a lot about the NBA and had Jeff Safford in here from the Missoula Paddleheads as well. 
One thing we'll talk about a little bit more tomorrow, but uh, a piece of news from today, Maya Hansen, the youngest player to ever commit to the Lady Grizz. She committed to the University of Montana women's basketball team following her freshman basketball season at Laurel High School. She then transferred to Billing Central for her sophomore season, and she's been at Billing Central both her sophomore and junior years. But she decommits from Montana uh, basketball. She told MTN Sports that she just wants to explore her options. I know that she just went on a visit to Butler uh, in Indianapolis and played in Hinkle Fieldhouse. That's a tough one to turn down. I was there for the NCAA tournament back in March, and uh, it's a cathedral, man. It's an awesome place to play college basketball. It would be a great place to have an experience. But uh, Maya Hansen was the Max Preps uh, Player of the Year in the state of Montana as a junior for Billing Central. She led Billing Central to a runner-up finish at the Class A state championships. And so she no longer committed Lady Grizz. They're still in the mix, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but Maya Hansen decommits from the women's basketball team at Montana. Good news for the Montana State men's basketball team. Amin Adamu, Xavier Bishop, and Abdul Muhammad, all three of those guys are going to take their extra year of eligibility that was provided by the NCAA because of the COVID-19 pandemic. All three of those guys got to play the duration of what would have been their senior seasons. Uh, but they will have one more year, and so that's a good thing. You're talking about recruiting. Perhaps the best guys you could recruit are guys that are returning all-league players, like Xavier Bishop, who was a second-team all-big sky pick last year, and Amin Adamu, who was a third-team all-big sky pick. Both those guys played enormous roles in helping lead Montana State to the first Big Sky Tournament championship game in 12 years for the men's basketball program over there in Bozeman. I wanted to get to some of my thoughts on uh, the state of media because I've been thinking about this heavily ever since this controversy with Naomi Osaka hit. Naomi Osaka, she decided to, uh, first of all, decline any press conference requests or any interview requests leading up to the French Open, and then she subsequently Retired or resigned from the French Open before the completion of the event, uh, citing some personal issues and some and some uh, struggles with some mental illness. You, you can never challenge somebody for that sort of element, but I do think that there is a reason that athletes have gravitated away from doing media, and I don't think it's because the media is. Uh, this evil entity that's out to get you, I think athletes have an obligation to fan bases and to the public at large. But also I think the obligation has been stretched way too thin because what it takes to get a media credential no longer is what it once was. We're going to talk way more about that in tomorrow's show. We also will be happy to be joined by Jim O'Day, former athletic director at the University of Montana. He's going to co-host with me tomorrow. And Scott Blakeney, who is one of the newest Montana Grizz basketball recruits, he'll also swing by the studio. He's a transfer from Idaho. 25 years ago, that never would have happened. Why is it happening now? All that and more tomorrow. We'll see you at 4 p.m. It's Nuanas Now. Be good. Good job today. Turn me loose, set me free. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, 
your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.